Welcome back to a tall glass of podcast. I was a young man, 16 years old, maybe 17. And my boss sent me on a job that I was ill prepared for and had no experience. And he said, Mike, he had a lot of confidence in me. You ever have one of those bosses? I'm sure you have. He said, Mike, I want you to finish this driveway. It was a driveway that was made out of paved bricks. I have no idea how to put bricks down on a driveway or pave a driveway with bricks, but you sent me on my way. And this was a very wealthy uh, family. This was a very uh, well-to-do family. And I show up on this job by myself. He, uh, He didn't come. He sent me there all by myself with a stack of bricks and a hammer and said, put this, put this brick driveway in. Again, I had no experience. I show up and I see that there's a, a chunk of the driveway missing, yet to be done, has not been filled in with bricks, and there's a pallet of bricks next to it. So I start taking bricks, start putting them down, as I think I'm supposed to do. There's also a giant pile of sand there. So you put the sand down, and he kind of gave me a like a like a verbal like, okay, you put the sand down, you put the brick down, you put a little bit more sand, you hit it with a hammer, good to go, right? I'm having a hell of a time. It's a hot July day. I'm 17. These bricks are not fitting. Okay. I've been working at it for a couple hours now. He ordered new bricks. They're not the right fucking size. They're like an eighth of an inch too big. We're trying to fit these. these, They're breaking. So the bricks are breaking. I see that I have like 50 more bricks to put in. And that pallet of bricks is getting smaller and smaller and smaller because I keep breaking them. I'm busting these bricks. I don't know what they cost. They look nice. They look expensive and like when you're hitting it with the hammer to knock it in. Hitting with the hammer. Well, they're not fitting in the. They're not fitting in the fucking space. Like there would be a spot between two bricks. Come to find out down the road that these were not the right size bricks. This was not my fault. But I didn't know it at the time. At the time, I just thought I was a fuck up who didn't know how to put bricks down into a driveway. And I'm fucking. I'm just. I'm just going at it and just sweating. The sun is high in the sky. And every once in a while, I look over and I see through the the windows of this huge mansion, I see these people looking at me. And I'm like, these fuckers, a lot of money at stake. But I'm like, all right, I'm, I'm just going to keep at it. And I keep trying to get these bricks to fit. I keep swinging at the hammer. And it's a, it's a fine line, right? If you don't hit the, the brick hard enough, it won't go into its space. If yeah. you hit it too hard, you crack it. Then you have to pry the fucking broken brick out, <laughs> throw it into the broken brick pile that is growing, growing by the minute. It's a giant pile of broken bricks over there. It just looks like broken money. I'm having a hell of a time. And now I can see that we're getting to the point of no return where I have now broken more bricks. And there are only a few bricks left in that pile that are going to fit the spaces. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to be completely out of bricks here. And I'm smacking them away and I'm smacking them away. And I hear a front door open to their house. And I look and without knowing it, I come down with the hammer on my fucking thumb, full force, full fucking force. <laughs> on my thumb, dude, with a mason's hammer, which is not a light hammer at all. Any hammer, by the way, that hits your finger is not a light hammer. This is a heavy hammer, though. <laughs> I hit my fucking thumb. There's like a two seconds of feeling nothing. 
Yeah. But you know, you did, you know, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. You know, it's coming. You, you, yeah. You've done something terrible to your body. You've got like two seconds where you're like, this is, I'm in bad shape here. This is not good. <laughs> here it comes. Yeah. I'm not, this is not good. Uh, and I grab my thumb immediately. I'm again, I'm 17, 18 at the time. It's funny too, how like when you really, really get hurt, rest of your body stops working because i remember <laughs> crawling <laughs> i remember seeing a large oak tree and i remember crawling <laughs> crawling over to that oak tree and just sitting sitting underneath the oak tree holding my thumb because i i fucking rocked my thumb dude i rocked it i mean i'd be surprised if i didn't break it but like it's starting to bleed underneath the nail and <laughs> I'm just sitting underneath this tree. Were you wearing gloves? No, nothing at all. Oh, it wouldn't have mattered, dude. It would. You should have seen this hammer, dude. It didn't matter. I could have been wearing steel mesh on my fucking <laughs> hand. It would not, dude. I rocked it. I was angry. I came down on a brick, ready to fucking get it to put put it into spot, and I fucking rocked it. And I sat. I sat underneath that tree, and it hurt so bad. I felt like I was gonna throw up. You had that that amount of pain where you're like, I'm gonna vomit because I know I've never something's gonna happen. No, mm -mm. Jim, I wouldn't lie if I said that that was maybe one of the worst pains I ever felt in my life. But it's nothing compared to listening to somebody tell an awful story. And today's podcast, folks, is about the art of storytelling. It's about telling stories to each other, something that is that dates back 30,000 plus years. Mm -hmm. Human beings have had the ability to tell stories. Yeah. And I think it's an important skill, Jim. Would you concur? Yeah. Um, both from like a social perspective, but also even, you know, in job interviews, when you're looking to be hired and they ask you to tell you, you know, a little bit about yourself, that's there's components of that that are you're telling your story and you got to be able to articulate and convey the key things you're trying to hit. Um, but I mean, storytelling is as old as mankind is. I mean, history is, is a collection of, of stories and um, they stories can outlast humans. They do outlast humans. They outlast civilizations. Um all, most religions are built around a collection of stories. I mean, storytelling is one in the same with like human nature, I think. And the better you can get at telling stories and perfecting the craft, I think, um, you know, I think it's a huge skill set, um, both personally and professionally. So, you know, you say it's funny to outlive people because 30,000 years ago, we have dating back, we have paintings of of buffalo and human you know early human beings on cave walls and what were they doing i mean they were conveying a scene they were conveying a situation on a cave wall through painting again a form of storytelling we never met these people we'll never get to meet these people these these prehistoric human beings mm -hmm. we know them right they they wh whether or not it was intentional we know them, right? Because we have 
a scenery that was set on those cave walls long before us and after them. And that connects us. And that might even, depending on the time period, sometimes stories were told via pictures um, before there was actual written language, written language. Yeah. Um, One of the things I think of is, did you read the Odyssey in high school or were you Mm -hmm. expected to read it? Um, I read it. We read it. Yeah. yeah. I think we read it my freshman year and it's, it's long, obviously. Yeah. And uh, so Homer is the, the author of the Odyssey. And if you read the book, I remember such uh, one of the reasons it's so long, aside from just the sheer amount of uh, events that occur in Odysseus's life is in the beginning of certain chapters and certain passages and parts Homer, because the Odyssey initially was him telling a story verbally, Homer would use um, a new, let's say a new chapter was starting and, and he would write or he would speak out a very similar beginning to each chapter, like Odysseus, son of so-and-so, cousin of so-and-so, blah, blah, blah. Like, and there was a, it was a whole basically like refrain and, and a song part mm-hmm, of it where mm-hmm, there was this common mm-hmm. refrain back and that helped him as he was getting ready to dive into the new components of the story mm. to sync the audience on um, and to get his, his himself in the right frame of mind of, of where he was about to take things. It was almost like a tuning um, approach. And I, sure. when I tell stories I that I've told many times, I have, let's say, the certain parts of the story I need to make sure I, I say the same every time. Cause they're like the most <laughs> important parts. And then I can ad lib some of the, the stuff in the middle because it maybe it's less important or there's multiple different ways I can arrive at it. So I think if you're trying to get better at telling a story and you have an, ex- you have a story that you want to get better at telling, choose the points you need to hit and then find, give yourself area to kind of, operate within those points where you can it doesn't have to be scripted let's say um if that makes sense yeah no absolutely and listen we're not experts at storytelling but i think we've all been in a situation audience at home could could affirm to this where we start a story that we can't finish or we 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 listen to somebody telling a story where we're like, Jesus, where's this fucking going? Or what the, what the fuck is this guy talking about? And you're just like, okay, let me just slowly walk away. I don't think he'll notice or she'll notice if I just slowly walk away from this conversation, there's enough people where they won't notice me leaving. And, uh, you don't want to be that person. You don't want to be in that situation. Um, so it's awkward. I, I some people like they, they super, like- I mean, there's people that override it, that they have no feelings of like, like people are just like they have no understanding that they're driving this this car off of a cliff. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, they, they, I think that's it, the worst case scenario. But there's a lot yeah. of people that they they freely admit, like I I suck at selling telling stories. Like you tell it, <laughs> I'm just like, damn, like. I love telling stories. So for me, I would never, if I'm given the opportunity to tell it, I'm not going to be like, ah, I'm not as good at telling stories. Like you tell it. I mean, and listen, in the beginning of our, of our storytelling days, there were times where we might've fell flat. I mean, I think that's part of the learning process where you're Mm. like, Ooh, that didn't, that didn't hit well. I'm going to make sure next time I don't fuck that up again. (laughs) 
I mean, Jen, there's some couple things I think that are important when telling a good story. Um, I think you should know your audience. <laughs> That's an important one, right? Yeah. Not all stories are going to be hitting, you know, the same audience in, in the same way, right? Yeah. There are certain stories you can tell in front of your parents that maybe you wouldn't tell in front of your in-laws. There's certain stories that you might tell in front of your friends that maybe you wouldn't tell in front of your wife or your wife's friends or your girlfriend's sure. friends or boyfriend's friends. Know your audience, trust, trust, you know, uh, invoke trust as the teller. So yeah, I know your audience. I think drama is important. I think tension is important. I yeah. think as you go along in that story, there's gotta be a reason for them to want to listen, right? You can't just be, and don't drag it out too. Like some people think they're building tension, but they're just fucking dragging a story out. Um, yeah, that's an area that I, I probably struggle in because I like to be really vivid and detailed. <laughs> and yeah. then I've been, get, sure. I've gotten a lot of feedback mostly from my wife over the years <laughs> of like fucking on with it already. Yeah, like, yeah. You're not adding any. I don't know. I'm with tension. you though. I'm always like, the more tension, the better. Yeah. I'm like, this thing for I kind of, I kind of like. <laughs> I'm trying to put that in. It's the Quentin, it's the Quentin Tarantino method of storytelling. Yeah. Where you're just like, is this is something gonna happen or what's <laughs> something? I'm trying to think. There's soon. there's something from like uh, either a TV show or a movie where a guy's telling a story and everyone's really intently listening. He stops and he's like, everyone's looking at me right now. This is great. And they're like, no, fucking tell the story. Yeah, for sure. So that's a that is a that is a a balancing act, I guess. You want to have the tension, but you don't want it to drag out. I think relate relatability is important, mm -hmm. right? I'm not gonna start telling stories to a group of people about like the intricities of plumbing and being like, oh, and then I pulled out the faucet and it was a it was a twelve twenty five cartridge. Can you believe that? It's going nowhere. Nobody knows <laughs> the fuck I'm talking about. You know what yeah. I mean? Like you got to be broad topics. You know, uh, emotions and feelings other people have felt. Right? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And uh, relatability is important. Keep the people, and that's part of keeping the people interested. They wanna, they want to be able to relate to what you're talking about, um, and. And with that is immersion and then simplicity, you know, I think that's important too. understand where you're going with this thing. Keep it short, keep it simple. Um, you can be longer, but not long winded. I think, I think that's yeah, all important. You should have some form of punchline at the end of the story. I think I find that to be important. There should be a payoff, right? These people have been listening for the last 45 minutes of your story. No, I know whatever long it is. There should be a payoff. There should be at some point where they, okay, ah, and that's the story. Right. I've done that before where I'm not sure where the story is going to end. And boy, is it unsatisfying. And you get to the, and you might have you had basically, a goal. Yeah. If you have a story that's, it's a good story, but there's no definitive um, yeah. or like closure to it, yeah, you just, basically yeah. have to just like, you, you, I'm sure you've seen people do it. No, <laughs> they'll like change their tones to be like, yeah, so. Anyways. Yeah, basically that's the end of the story, but yeah. <laughs> you gotta give just a, like give a hard, a yeah, step step off. And so. I think that's and even if that's like lightly padding your story before the payoff, don't rush it. Get to it later at the end. You know, kind of allude to it and then then rush to it. And I think that's all. I think that's all very important, Jim. What do you think? Yeah, I think. Uh, some of the most famous 
uh, movies and, and books of all time. Okay, let's use, uh, you've seen Shawshank Redemption? Yes. Okay. Yes. Would you agree, wrote... it's a, <laughs> you agree it's a good movie? Yes. Yeah. Okay. The, the reason it's a good movie is not because it's relatable. I like the part, like the part with the sisters. Um, it's not, it's not uh, that it's relatable in the sense that a lot of people have a shared experience of, of oh, sure. going to prison for the wrong crime, but it's relatable because it's about a guy's arc through life and the ups and downs and the friendships and the, the despair and the, the disappointments and the sadness. And um, so there's, there's great stories like that. And then there's great stories where um, let's use like a more comical movie, like um, super bad Austin powers. Okay. Super bad. Right. That's very relatable. It's like a, the quint or like mean girls, like quintessential high school yeah. movie doing like getting into high school shenanigans, making like terrible decisions with alcohol and things like that. Um, so that's relatable in a much more um, um, literal sense, whereas other movies that are great are relatable in a more uh, symbolic sense, I think. Yeah, no, I think the, the themes kind of have to be the same, right? Like I, I can tell a story about plumbing and if I'm talking about an issue with a dog, I go into a customer's house and the dog keeps nipping at my ankles. It's relatable because we've right. all had that experience going to someone's house and the dog is nipping at your ankles, even though it's you know, technically just my work, it's relatable. It starts out with, yeah, I think common themes and that's what movies do well. I mean, good movies do well is that mm -hmm. you could have a movie in fucking space and none of us have ever been to space, but it's the common yeah. themes are relatable and understandable. Yeah. And uh, yeah, exactly. Storytelling is, a it's crazy skill yeah nothing is better than sitting around a bonfire I mean, you've been there sitting mm -hmm. around a bonfire bag of peanuts in your lap cold beer in your hand with some of your best buds family and just fucking launching into some fucking diatribe about god knows what yeah and uh half the people there sleeping it doesn't matter and you just fucking go at it and you come away from those experiences a better and more learned and, and, and a smarter person as mm. far as I'm concerned. Right. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. I mean, that's like a huge, when we were starting this podcast a year ago or a little bit over a year ago, that was a huge component of it. We didn't want a podcast that we just sat around and like the 10 leadership principles or like the 10 ways to live your right. life. Like, Right. I, to me, those types of books or articles or podcasts don't really resonate with me. I much prefer reading a book or watching a movie or um, listening to a podcast that's conversational and like relational in the form of storytelling or just talking about life events. I, I can learn way more in that practical sense than this like sanitized you know, well, it feels um, like a conversation too. Yeah. Right. You listen to a listicle and it doesn't really feel like a conversation. Like I can listen. It's like the news. Like I can listen to the news, but I'm not really having a conversation. Yeah, exactly. You yep. know what I mean, mm -hmm. if I listen to a podcast of two guys just shooting the shit, they could be in the room with me. I mean, right. I could be just listening to, to a couple of guys talk. And then when they're thinking mirrors my own or when it's parallel or i've had those shared experience then it's it's even more immersive yeah right 
I yeah. think that's important. Think it hits on a really important. like deep level yeah, when you're dude. like, when we're they say guys. something you're exactly thinking and you're like, yeah. Cause the yeah. thing is, Jim, we're different. Like me and you, we're different people. You're a military man. You know, you work for the bank. Uh, I'm in the trades, you know? Um, but we're also just do- a couple dudes Yep, living our life. We've had experiences that are similar, and I think very similar to our our listening audience, all six of them, and they know <laughs> they they know what they we just put it out in the ether, and uh, <laughs> they can all relate. And um, I mean, again, that's that's super super important. Yeah, and I think now, Jim, is a good time. Maybe you'd like to tell a story. All right, so. About six years ago, uh, finished up some training. I had about a month off and my wife and my girlfriend at the time, uh, now my wife, we decided we're going to go to Ireland for um, a trip abroad for about 10 days. We're going to fly into Dublin, spend the weekend there, travel up to Northern Ireland, which is like three hours, four hours, uh, due north, basically where we were going, and then uh, come back down, fly out of uh, Dublin. Where's Dublin as far as the uh, as far as the island? Is it in the middle or is it is it it's south? south it's southeast. And you're saying four hours to Northern Ireland? Yeah, yeah. Okay, it's like the size of Ohio. Yeah, it's, it's like four hours to get from Cincinnati to Cleveland. Yeah, so I would say it's right. similar if I had to guess. And uh, so that's the plan. Obviously, we're gonna get a rental car. I got to get used to driving manual on my left side um, with my, like shifting with my left hand. Um, I was stupid and didn't even think about, uh, the need to like pay for the GPS in the car. I was like, I'll just print out the directions beforehand and all of that thinking it was going to be like a U.S. road, which it's not at all. Once you get out of the city of Dublin, um, in Ireland, it's like, there's no markings on the roads. There's no intersections. It's, it's, country you know yeah very primitive in terms of the infrastructure so okay that's the plan um our grandma who was alive at the time and uh it was first generation irish american said hey we we should go visit her relatives in uh in ireland and she tells my mom mom tells me it's like you know where do they live because obviously it's a large area are we going anywhere near where they're at and my mom says they live in a town called County Longford. And uh, so I like look it up on Google Maps and it's like dead center of the country. So yeah. not on the way at all. Going to add at least like two hours minimum. It's also it's also it's a very weird thing to do, right? Because you've never <laughs> met these people before. Yeah, it's not like they're it's our a, age. It's know? a weird I mean, thing to. Right. It's yeah. a weird thing to impose. Like. If my kids were driving through North Carolina or South Carolina and they had never met you, I don't think I would be like, hey, stop in at Jim's. And we're close. <laughs> like, hey, stop in. At, you know, you've never met him, but he's a cool dude. Stop yeah. in. Say hi. Stay with yeah, him. Yeah, it definitely took some convincing because not only was it way out of my way or our way, it also was like, you know. Yeah. But I know some of our aunts and uncles who have gone to Ireland have met them when they go. So gotcha. there was gotcha. a little bit of a precedent set. And we're like, okay, maybe we'll get, a, you know, We'll go there on our way up. We'll get a lunch out of it, you know, get see a part of the a country we weren't going to see otherwise. And then, you know, 
go on our yeah. merry way. <laughs> so I'm like, all right, mom, give me some very clear, like, give me their address. Give me some clear directions on how to get there. And my mom comes back and basically says, yeah, they don't have addresses in the town they live. They just live on main street. They're homeless. And I'm like, <laughs> they literally, literally live on the street. <laughs> Just find the the tent city. That's where they're at. No, um, find a refrigerator box. Like they own a barber shop, actually. So when you get to the main street, look for the barber shop. They live above it. And I'm like, oh, okay, cool. Um, and it, it basically turned into I got some more clear directions, but it was basically like left at the barn, right at the cow, that type of thing. Um, yeah. yeah, and we're in a foreign country. It's not like it's the United States. So it was, um. Going into it, I was very apprehensive this was going to work out well, but you know, whatever. So we get over there, we enjoy our weekend in, in Dublin, we hit the road. And like I said, as soon as we get out of the city, dude, we're getting lost every 30 minutes. We're missing turns because- And that's map, a problem. Yeah. That's a problem that if you're looking at off. Printed, that's a problem if you're looking at printed directions. Yeah. Like yeah. you make a wrong turn, you're fucked. You're yeah, like, it doesn't okay, self-correct on paper. Let's go back to let's go back to the first step. Let's yeah. drive ten miles back to where we started. Yeah, and we don't have cell phone service because we're you know in another country. So, yeah. um, and so we end up getting lost and probably taking an extra. It what should have been like two hours to where they live ended up taking like three to four. So we yeah. finally get there. Pretty mm-hmm. stressed, man. It's like lunchtime we're driving through that we find the main street and we see the barbershop we're like all right here we go perfect the so only we, one in the town yeah yeah so we park start walking around and it's a fucking ghost town man there's every yeah. business is closed it's oh, it's like a monday at noon and oh, it looks like a, a ghost town so we start walking around. We're trying to find a door that would go up the stairs because the barbershop's closed. There's nothing going on inside. And uh, I feel like people were like, they saw us clearly looking lost and struggling and like no one came out to help us. They're they hid like, inside their house. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. They could tell we're not from their little Locals. town of like 50 people. So um, probably could tell we're what, you know, we're from the United States if, if it wasn't obvious. So anyway, I'm walking around we can't find them like god damn it so we go to a little breakfast area and we ask this woman like eastern european woman that's waiting on us at this place and she's just like super rude and like not like very standoffish and like basically says she doesn't know who the people are and like they own this barbershop like right across the street you don't know them like no all right so then a pub opens up next door and we go in there and we ask the guy like, hey, do you know, I don't remember their freaking names, dude, but hey, do you know so-and-so? And they're like, uh, yeah, 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 we know them. It's like my, uh, I'm very close with their with their son or their daughter. Um, and I was like, okay, well, where are they? They're like, well, let me call them. And again, we, we, they knew we were coming. They scheduled this in advance. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was traveling from out of the, out of the country into their country and making it a priority so yeah yeah yeah, yeah. they're on the phone this, this pub owner is on the phone we're sitting at the at the bar and i can see his his face starting to he's like hey he gets a hold of him he calls him he's like talking yeah, to him yeah, yeah. 
And I can see he is getting information that he does not feel comfortable relaying, relaying to me. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah He's like, yeah. oh, yeah, oh. Uh-huh. His tone gets and a little it, bit lower. Dude, I looked at I looked at Shannon. And I'm like, they're not fucking here, man. They're, they're, they're not, not here. We're not even. <laughs> so he gets off the phone. He's like, he does that thing where he's like, he's, he's like, ah, uh, gives you like that smile, that painful smile. He's yeah. like, yeah. So, uh, yeah. Uh, you know, his Easter this weekend, rounds on last me. weekend. <laughs> he's like, they actually went to Galway for the weekend. They forgot you're coming, and I was just like. Wait a minute. Where's Galway at compared to West West Coast? The West Coast of the country. How far? Hours. Three hours in the other direction. All right. You can't make the trip. (laughs) Well, that's the best. I think that's the best part. (laughs) He goes, but they did say since they're going to be out of, you know, they're not here. They come back on Thursday. When you come back from Northern Ireland, they had the fucking audacity to say we should you know, make a trip back when they're here or, or make it go out of our way again to get to them. It's a sheer experience (laughs) though, too. I mean, it's a story you guys will never forget. Yeah. Which is awesome to have. I've told that story many times. Yeah. Some of the stories I have with my wife are that I, that I'll always have for the rest of my life are some of the worst experiences we had together. Yeah. But that's what, you know, that's kind of what it burns into your brain. Like it's a permanent (laughs) part of you. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, yeah, it's a brand almost. Mm-hmm. I mean, shit. I remember me and Rihanna trying to. I had a set of jet skis. I don't know if you remember. I had a set of, I had a pair of sea doos. And I'm like, you know what? So many years prior, I, I don't get them in early enough. And then I have to take them out early. And they're in for like a couple months. Uh, as soon as spring breaks, I'm fucking putting them in. <laughs> and it was springtime. And uh, it's a little chilly outside, a little chilly, like windbreaker weather. I'm like, yeah, fuck it. I got jeans on. I'll, I'll just we'll put them in. And it was so choppy. So me and Rihanna, Rihanna's on one, I'm on the other one. And the water was so rough. I'm on that sea dew off the ramp for a half an hour. And I am drenched from head to toe with water. And it's 50 degrees outside. And I remember thinking i can fucking i'll i'll just hit the gas and i'll ride these fucking waves i don't care but rihanna is not going to be able to follow me on the sea do and if i fall off into this cold water in my jeans in my in my windbreaker she's not gonna be able to rescue me like she's just not strong enough like i'm just gonna be floating like there's nothing we can do at that point so like if one of us goes over, I could probably pick up Rihanna, but like, and we were, we were against the wind and we were just going and going and going. And I felt like we were driving for an hour. And I remember looking at the shoreway and you can tell how far you've gotten by looking at the shore, not by the water. Mm-hmm. And we moved like 25 feet in like an hour. I'm like, we're not getting anywhere. I will never forget that. And Rihanna will never forget that either. And it was fucking hell on earth. Just what do you mean you moved 25 time. feet in an hour? We were driving the CDs in an hour, like, because we couldn't go fast. Because every time we would go fast, we'd hit these waves were swells. Every time we'd hit a wave, water would come over the jet ski. Like, <laughs> like, like. This is on Lake Berlin? Yes. There's a, there's a part in Berlin that sailboats, the sailboats go out on. Oh, yeah. I know what you're talking. So, yeah. so, so that part, of, that part is windy 
when it's a normal day because you'll see them out there during a normal day. This was a windy day. So that part was extra windy, <laughs> you know, like really crispy and extra crispy. It was extra crispy that day. And I mean, there was white caps, like the, the, the waves were breaking and we're on these sea dews and just every time you would hit the throttle, I'm not kidding. A wave would go over the jet ski, it would just go over it. And it hits you right in the crotch usually because you're standing. <laughs> so like this wave comes over and it's just right at crotch level. And, and we're just getting, Rihanna's getting drenched. I mean, I looked over at Rihanna, like she was wearing her glasses and you couldn't see her eyes. It was just like a kaleidoscope. Like, yeah. It was just, it was just steam and water. Yeah. But anyway, so yeah, we're going and it felt like an hour. And I look over at the shoreline because we had just crossed under the bridge and we were like 25 feet in front of the bridge. God. And so I'm like, you know what? Just miserable. I'm like, let's, well, and we were fighting the current. I said, let's turn around. Let's head back to the ramp. We turned around, head back to the ramp. We were there in like a minute because we were going with the current. Yeah. Um, But again, going back to what I was saying is uh, that's a story we'll probably tell each other for the rest of our days. And Mm. we both thought we were going to die that day. And, uh, you know, it was, uh, an experience something about it i don't know but uh those those really stick out to you like at each other's goats or whatever it might be and you're in these hectic situations with each other and they really resonate jim yeah and that's what's important do it I think, for the story you make a good story and, out of it then it was worth it and somebody out there who i'm telling the story to they've been in inclement weather before They've been in their car where it was raining so hard that they couldn't fucking see out of the windshield. They live in a state where if you get three inches of snow, they shut everything the fuck down. There's not a plow <laughs> truck within the whole fucking state. And uh, we've all had to deal with that. It's relatable. And that's why if told correctly, that story will resonate. Like yours did. Indeed, we've brother Ben. We've all been lost. So folks out there in podcast land, what I want to say to you guys is get off your computers, get off your, your Instagrams and your TikToks, you know, stop showing your ass for like two seconds and, and, and meet up with somebody and tell them a story, you know, let them tell you a story, be a good listener, Jim. That's important. I have to tell you that because you always interrupt, but be a good <laughs> listener and, uh, uh. Tell a story because it's it's more than just it's more than just communicating something that you want to be known. It's a way of relating. It's a way of connecting. Without you might not ever have to know that person or know anything about them, but you have shared experiences. Believe me. And as always, thank you for listening to a tall glass of podcast. Cheers, buddy. Cheers, man.